a seat. Uh, uh, I want to tell you something really cool. Uh, last week, uh, we broke our all-time attendance record at the Hills. It's awesome. Come on. It's great. Uh, I thank you all for being at 9 o'clock. There was absolutely no room at 1030. Uh, we were, there were people, literally, we had chairs in the lobby. It was just so packed. Uh, so we're going to be starting a campaign called Nine or Noon at our, at our 1030 service. You laugh, but I'm very serious. At our 1030 service, they're going to hear us announce a lot, Nine or Noon. I was happy birthday to Jared Johnson right there. Happy birthday to you. Love you, buddy. So good. Uh, well, last week we showed you some pictures. How many were here for those pictures? You there? Good. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, God has blessed us with a building. Uh, we, we have purchased a theater, and uh, it has eight different uh, theaters inside of it. Uh, this is what it looks like right now. And last week we showed you our architects gave us a conceptual rendering uh, of our building, and this is what that looks like. Uh, and then uh, that's the outside, and so today we want to show you a little bit of the inside. How many want to see a sneak peek of the inside? So when you walk into those doors right there, this is what you'll walk into. This is our, the lobby area, the atrium area. Uh, now, this is conceptual, so if you show up on the day we grand opening, and it's not the exact colors, don't get upset, all right? All right? And then uh, this, is, so this is what that beautiful atrium is going to look like. Uh, and then you walk through those doors, and you'll go into what's called the lobby area there. That's our whole lobby there. Um, then you move. That's a skylight we're going to put in. Isn't that pretty? So nice. Put some natural light into that place. Uh, and then this is what the lobby looks like. How many are excited about walking into that place and bringing a friend and some drinking some coffee and all that? And here is what I'm most excited about is the life change that's going to be happening in this place. Imagine what we're going to be able to see happen when we have our own space. Uh, you don't know the behind of the scenes. The behind of the scenes? The behind the scenes. But let me give you a little, a little behind the scenes today. Today, our staging crew, they show up here at 6 a.m. Uh, every Sunday. Uh, they show up and, and they, we call it inflate a church. They just inflate everything. and it, No, they don't. They actually put all of this stuff out and put it together. Today, uh, they're supposed to be let in at 6 o'clock. And the person that was going to let them in didn't show up. And so they waited out in that 20-degree weather until 7 a.m. until finally the doors opened and they were able to get in. And with an hour behind, they still did all of this and put this stuff together. Would you give our staging crew a great big hand? I'm excited about the day when we have the keys to our own building. We get in, we want to, right? Amen. Uh, and also, the hills is not just going to be a place on Sunday. But as you know, our vision is for it to be a venue for abundant life throughout the week. Uh, we're, we believe that church is the most wasted space in America, so we're going to use it every single day. Uh, it's going to be a co-work space. It's going to be a venue for all kinds. Of, the Chamber of Commerce has already contacted us, asking us if they can office out of it and hold events there. So come on, man. Isn't that amazing? So that's what we want to do. So I want you to begin to pray about what God's going to have you to do and your family to do above your tithes and your offerings. Because now we have a building, but it's a theater and it's nasty. I'm going to tell you right now, it's nasty. And there is a lot of work that's going to need to be done. And there's a number of zeros that are going to be at the end of that. So I want you to begin to pray about what God's going to have you do. I'm not asking for you to sacrifice. I'm asking for you to be obedient to what God's asking you to do. Because God honors obedience above sacrifice. Amen? And we want to be obedient people. Are you ready for the word this morning? 
You ready? Because I'm bringing it today. I'm telling you right now, I'm so fired up after the past two weeks. Matter of fact, if you've not been here uh, during this series, we're doing a a series called Blueprint. If you have not been here for this series, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to every... If you miss one of them, listen to all of them. But I would really encourage you to listen to the last two uh, because we really dove in and talked about what God's called us to do, uh, the discovering our design and breaking down the lies of the enemy. Uh, and something I want to announce to you today, that when you go to the message from last week, when you go to our website to, to, to check out the message from last week, well, you're not just going to have audio there, but now we're giving video as well. Isn't that great? So you can go to the hills, and now it used to be listen, and now it's called messages. Go to messages, you're going to have to look at my ugly mug, okay? But we now have video that we'll be making available for you as well. Let's dive in today. Blueprint, discovering God's design. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence that I feel so close here today. I know that you're always here, but there's something special that when you lean in close and we can almost feel your breath and there's just something on it. And I thank you, Lord. That always tells me that you've got a divine junction that's going to happen today. There's somebody in this room that needs to hear what's going to be said, needed to feel the liberty and the freedom that, was in this, that is in this place today. And I thank you for the life change and the next steps that are going to happen in this room today in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen. amen. Blueprint, discovering God's design. We are made in God's image. That's just right there. I should just be able to say that and say, God bless y'all. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a wonderful. And if you and I could get that revelation, it would change the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at others, and the way we look at God. We are made in God's image. You're talking about a blueprint. It's discovering a design. You were made in God's image. Look at your neighbor and just say, that's you too. Some of y'all didn't look at him. Do you not believe it? Come on, tell him. Say, that's you too. You, you too. Genesis 1.26. Look at this. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our... Y'all got to help me today, okay? In our... According to our... Our image. According to our likeness. And the next thing, let them have dominion. God created us in his image according to his likeness and gave us dominion. Matter of fact, that is the image and the likeness of God, to have dominion. Wherever God goes, that's his spot. And that's how God created us, that he, that he would give us territory and we would take dominion over that territory. In other words, if you're taking notes and you like alliteration like I do, you can write it like this. God designed us to have dominion. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. So you have, many of you have lived a passive Christian life and God has not called you to live a passive Christian life. God did not place us where he placed us so we could be placeholders. He placed us where he placed us so we could take over. Okay, I'm going to keep on moving. All right. Let me break it down for you today. I love breaking stuff down because I'm from Mississippi and you just got to break stuff down. You got to, I got to get to the simple thing, okay? Just get right to the simple thing. That's not everybody from Mississippi, but that's me from Mississippi, okay? I'm going to break it down for you. I want to give you the story of the Bible in a few minutes. Y'all like that? I'm going to give you the gospel, the story of the Bible in just a, a few minutes. Number one, God gave man 
territory and authority. So that's how it starts off. God creates Eden. He creates Adam and Eve, places them in the garden and says, this is yours to tend. It's yours to be fruitful and multiply. It's yours to subdue and have dominion. So God gave Adam and Eve territory and authority. However, the first Adam did not subdue and take dominion. So because of that, Adam failed the great fall, and that authority was then handed over to Satan. We don't like to say that. We don't like to say that, that he has any authority, but the scripture clearly states that he is God of this world. He rules and reigns in this, in this the prince of the power of the air, this, this darkness, this thing that he rules and reigns over. But, so God gave Adam and Eve territory, They gave an authority. They gave it back to Satan. But then God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all power has been given unto him in heaven and in earth. And guess what he did with that power? He said, all power has been given unto me. So now I want y'all to go in my name and cast out devils and baptize people and disciple them. Do you see the transaction that happened there? We are called through the blood, the word and the name of Jesus, the authority that he's given us. We are called to take that authority that he's given us and take back territory. And once we take that territory, we then hand it back over to God. And that's how God's kingdom is set up in the earth. Everybody say it with me. Say, I'm a winner. Say this with me. I'm more than a winner. I'm a conqueror. Say this with me. I'm more than a conqueror. What? Did you hear that? I'm telling you, we don't, we're not called just to win. Romans 8.37 says we are more than conquerors. We don't just take territory. We conquer territory. We take over it. We run the score up. We trample it. You got to go next week or last week and listen to the message. We, we subdue it and get it to a place. And then we hand it back over to God. Some of you need a more than mentality. A more than mentality, more than enough, more than a conqueror, not just to get by, not battered and bruised at the end of your journey here, but a conqueror, more than a conqueror. And I'm getting back to my Mississippi Pentecostal roots today. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Do you believe that? On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Last week, I talked to you about the fact that gates are always defensive. Gates don't charge into the battlefield. Gates are set up to keep us from getting where the enemy doesn't want us to get. Here's the thing I'm going to tell you. Satan knows that he loses. We've read the back of the book and we win, right? He's already read the back of the book and he knows that he loses. And so he's doing everything he can to defend that territory as long as he can. And he does everything he can to keep you and I from knowing who God is, from knowing who we are in God, and from knowing the authority that we have because we are in Jesus Christ. That's what the enemy's job is, to keep you and I distracted and dissuaded and discouraged and disgusted. Right? And bitter and angry 
and he attracts your attention over here. When God's trying to do this incredible thing in your life, he's doing this thing over here to try to get you. Hey, look here, look here, look here. And God's working, doing an amazing thing. He surrounded you with a body of believers. He was performing miracles in your life. But the enemy can get us so distracted on this stuff over here that we don't even see what's going on in our world. That's his job, and he does this by lying to us. He's the father of lies. It's his native language. It's all that comes out of his mouth. And you woke up this morning, and he said, you're not strong enough. You're not good enough. You're not saved enough. You're not enough. How many have heard that this week? One, two, three, four. Just make sure I'm not the only one. How many have heard that this week? Somehow, something telling you you're not enough. I'm telling you, I don't care who said that to you. I'm going to tell you where that lie came from. They may not look like the devil, but that word came from somebody else that started that whole lie. Eve, you're not enough. Jesus, you're not enough. That's how he always starts his temptations. If you are, did he really say that? I'm going to give you a good comeback. How many are bad at comebacks? Are you like me? Somebody will say something. I'll be driving down the road like 30 minutes. I say, man, I should have said that. <laughs> Raise your hand. Hey, uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> I want to give you a good comeback today, all right? Whenever the enemy comes at you and he says, you're not enough, I want you to reply with this. Start off by saying, God knew what he was doing when he made me. Just say that. God knew what he was doing when he made me. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't, he didn't choose me to be the one mess up he's ever had. Mama said that's so good. My wife said it's so good. And that's a good preaching right there, okay? And then I want you to go a little further. I want you to say, God made me who I am. Well, go ahead and say it. That's fine. I was just saying, I was actually saying, say that back. But that's good. Go ahead and say it now. When the enemy tells you you're not enough, you start off by saying, God knew what he was doing. He made me. God made me who I am to be who he wants me to be so that I can do what he wants me to do. Let me say it again for you. God did not make a mistake when he made me. He made me the way I am to be who he wants me to be so that I can do what he wants me to do. Y'all got it? I mean, do you really have it? I'm not talking about did you write it down. Do you get it? That's one of those you're going to have to marinate on the next week. You're going to have to recite that over in your brain, over in your, get it in your spirit. Get it out of your head, into your heart, into your spirit. Just continually saying that over yourself. The new building that we just showed you, we've been working for months with the architects or the designers. These are the, these are the, the men and women that take uh, the vision that we have and they, they take it and they design it. They put it, into, they put it on paper. They put it on a screen so that we can visualize the vision that we have in our mind and in our heart. The values that we have, they actually turn it into something that you can see. And in a few weeks, uh, we're going to move beyond just the design phase and we're going to begin meeting with the builders, the designers, and then the builders. Well, with God, He's both of those things. He's the designer and the builder. Those of you who have ever been through any kind of construction, you know that's where the confusion happens right there, right? Oh, we designed it this way. This is the flow. Yeah, but it doesn't function well. 
I know you like the wall there, but it can't be a wall there, all right? But that's God, with God, there's no miscommunication with that because God is the designer and He is the builder. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. He's not just the designer and the builder. He's also the model. Man, I could preach that right now if I had time, but I don't have time. I want you to think about those words, though. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Think about that. God created you and I in his image. And that's all he ever wanted. That's it. I want that to sink in for just a moment because that's what I'm going to spend the next several moments I have with you today on. God designed us according to his image. Then he made us in his, the designer and the builder made us in his image. And that's all he ever wanted. But Satan, the father of lies, made Adam and Eve believe that they were not enough. And the entire story of the Bible, the entire point of the gospel is this. God getting us back to how he made us in the first place. Now I want you to have that. For some of you, you may have, this may be, you may have already had this in your heart. But for a lot of you, this needs to be a revelation for you. Because God is not trying to get more stuff on you. He's trying to get more stuff off of you. He's not trying to add more on top of us. He's trying to take more away from us in his image. And now all he wants to do is to get us back to that place. That's the point of the gospel. Let me break it down for you another way. I'll say it this way. Remember I told you I like to break things down? I'm going to say it this way. I want you to write this down. Number one, God forms. God forms. You got that? Sin deforms. How many have ever seen yourself deformed because of sin? Wages of sin is death. Sin deforms. The world conforms. Paul said, don't be conformed to this world. Religion reforms. Kind of takes you and reforms you to try to get you to look a certain way. And what you find is the world conforms us to look like its image. Religion reforms us to look like its image. Now, I'm not saying that religion is all bad. I'm just saying it's not all that God has for you. Religion only gets you so far. It doesn't move you to the fullness that God intends for you to have. Because you've heard it said, God is not into religion, he's into relationship. That's really what he wants to have. God forms, sin deforms, the world conforms, religion reforms, but Jesus transforms. Wow. Woo. Transform. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.16. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is turned away. The Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you turn to the Lord, He doesn't add more to you. He takes stuff away. The veil is ripped away. Here's what I find. The world, sin and the world puts scales on your eyes, but religion puts veils over your eyes. And He said, whenever you really turn to the Lord, the scales are taken away, the veils are taken away. Come on, somebody help me this morning. And where the Spirit of the Lord, there is 
freedom. What is freedom? The absence of. That's what freedom. And did you know the essence of God is freedom? If you really want to know what God is in his very nature, he is free. Think about that. Why is he holy? Because he's free from sin. Why is he omnipotent? Because he's free from weakness. Why is he omniscient? Because he's free from ignorance. Why is he, can he be everywhere at the same time? Because he's free from the laws of gravity and space and time. That's why when he makes us in his image, he makes us free. And the sun, if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. You look at the truth and the truth will what? No, make you free. It doesn't say set you free. It says he will make you free. There's a difference in being set free and being made free. He wants to make you free. Come on, some of you today are walking in bondage that you don't need to be walking in. You're carrying weights that you don't need to be carrying. I can tell you this. I don't know the God's specific will for your life, but if you're walking through life like this, you've picked up a burden God never called you to carry. That may be somebody. That may be an addiction. That may be a vice. That may be a mindset. I want to encourage you today to lay it down. Woo, man. Jesus, help me. Help us, Lord. For the Lord is a spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's how you know God's spirit's in a place, when you start feeling free. Now, I'm not saying crazy, free, okay? So all of us who have had that veil removed can see. Bring that back up for me, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. The Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You know, there's a scripture that says that we shall be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. Revelation brings transformation. When you begin to see God the way He really is, you begin to take on the nature and the attributes of Him. So that's why you need to be asking for him to show you more of him. More of you, Lord. More of you, Jesus. More of your face. I want to see everything that you have for me. And the goal of Jesus Christ is to make us more and more like him until finally one day we see him face to face and we look just like him. Say it with me. God doesn't want to add more to me. He wants to take more away. He created you in His image. But because of sin and unbelief and bitterness and doubt, we've just put layers on and layers on and layers on and layers on. The gospel and transformation is about peeling back the layers. The statue was always inside the block of marble. The artist just had to chisel away the excess to see the sculpture. The you that God wants you to be is already in you. But instead of saying, man, if I just prayed more and fasted more and read more of the Bible, yes, that's a part of it. But that's not adding more to you. It's taking stuff away. Because the more you look into his word, you begin to see it and you're transformed into the image of it. And you start seeing yourself look more like the one who wrote the word. There's so much to that. I wish we had time today. For you and I to fulfill our calling. 
We're going to have to lay some stuff down. I'm going to say it this way. For you to fulfill the calling that God has for you, you're going to have to get rid of the you that is not really you. The you that you think you are. The you that you've been lied to about. The you that your family said you're supposed to be. The you that school said you're supposed to be. The you that your spouse, the you that you said you're supposed to be. You have to lay it down. Because as long as that's the model that you have for yourself, that's all you're ever going to become. And God is not interested in making you a better you. He wants to make you more like Him. So you have to lay down the you that you thought you were supposed to be. Some of you have been, have been taught the you is worthless. The you is never going to amount to anything. The you will never be good enough. That's what you've heard. That's the voice of your vision. For others, you've heard you're going to do such great things. Man, you, you're going to be incredible. You're the golden child. And then what you find is you never live up to those expectations. And then you feel disappointed. You feel like you've disappointed them. You feel like you've disappointed God. God did not call you to live up to that image that someone else put for you. He wants you to be made back into His image. So instead of trying to be better and bigger and stronger, let's get weaker. Let's lay stuff down. Instead of accumulating things, let's just begin to lay stuff down. Because I can tell you that if, if the mandate on your life is strong as I think it is, either you lay it down or God's going to take it from you. Now, I don't want that to sound like judgment. I don't want that to scare you. I want that to encourage you to lay it down before He takes it. And I've seen it in over 30 years of ministry. People that have an incredible calling upon their life, if they don't lay stuff down that they know they're supposed to lay down, God finds a way of getting it out of their life. If it doesn't happen, then you're not going to fully fulfill the calling on your life. And your calling is so important that God cannot allow you to continue. It's just that important. So when you feel conviction in your heart, you feel like God's saying, hey, why don't you, why don't you stop doing that? Why don't you quit hanging out with them? Why don't you lay that down instead of going, oh, man, trying to tell me what to do? Religion. No, that's not religion. That's transformation. Instead of getting upset about it, why don't you say, oh, thank you, Lord, that you're looking out for me and that you're showing me one more thing in my life that I don't have to live up to, that I don't have to carry, that I don't have to lean on. Because there's a difference in submission and permission. Right? You ever, I, don't, I hate watching the, whatever it is, the, they fight and beat each other to bloody pulp. I just can't stand it. I can't stand, what is it, MMA or whatever? I just can't, I can't do it. I don't like seeing humans beat other humans. But I just, now I watch football though, because they got pads and helmets on, you know? <laughs> but I, I can't watch it. But you know, like, there's, a, there's a thing called a submission hold, right? Where you get them in a submission hold. See, that's, that's some, some of you feel like that's what you got to get to. I got, oh, tapping out, God, I'm tapping out. See, that submission means you just got, submission is, you don't want to do it, okay? That's what submission really is. Submission is submerging your mission under another one. That's what submission is, all right? I'm going to submerge my mission under this mission. I don't really want to, but because I'm supposed to, that's what I'm going to do. So there's some, there, God honors that, but that's not as powerful as permission. Where you say, okay, you don't have to put me in a chokehold, Jesus. I'm just going to lay it down. 
Because I'm going to tell you right now, he's God and he will win, okay? He's a gentleman, but he's going to win, all right? It's just that simple. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Even the demons are going to tremble, right? That's what happens. So what he's looking for is he's looking for people that don't have to submit to it like slaves do, but they permit to it like children do. A joint heir. And I will tell you this. When you get to a place that you give God permission, you're going to start seeing transformation happen in your life. We should just be yes people. Come on, let's just be some yes people. When it comes to Jesus, wouldn't you love it? Hey, would you? Yes! Will yes! Just all you hear is a Like you don't know if it's will, would, why, what. It just will. Yes, I will! That's that ultimate trust, right? And that's what he's looking for. God wants to get you back the way he made you. That's the whole goal, to get you back before the lies of the enemy and the layers of all the junk that we put on ourselves and other people put on us. The whole goal is to get us back to that place. You know, there's a scripture that says, buy me gold that's been tried in the fire. And we always talk about that means pure gold. But have you ever really studied what happens when gold is put in the fire? And most of the time, I've heard it preached, that they put it in the fire and, and it, it melts and then all the impurities float to the top. And that's why God's putting you in the fire. Well, in reality, the reason you put gold in the fire is because it takes it back to its original state, which was molten and moldable. And yes, one of the side effects is that the impurities float to the top, but that's not the point. The point is getting the gold back to how it was created in the first place. And that's what God's doing with you. When he puts you in the fire, it's not about getting the impurities out. It's about getting you back to how he made you in the first place. And the cool thing is the impurities do float to the top and God moves them out. But don't focus so much on the impurities. Focus on where God is really trying to get you and take you God loves you just the way you were. And he wants to get you back to that place. Does he love you how you are? Yes. But he loves you too much to leave you that place. Oh, he's going to take me higher and greater. Yeah, but he's going to do that by taking you back to how he created you in the first place. So instead of seeing God, see it, instead of seeing it as God taking something away, look at, look at it as God getting you to where he always wanted you to be. How many receive this word today? You receive it? I mean, really, do you really receive it? So this week, as you're walking through trials, as you're, you find the fire starts getting a little hotter, how many have been feeling that over the past several weeks? Raise your hand. You've been feeling it? You know why? Because we're preaching on it. That's why. I've learned that God always makes me walk what I talk. Matter of fact, someone, someone this morning, I don't know who it was, someone walked up and said, you're not going to preach something i got to live again, are you? Like, that was you, right? <laughs> yep. Sorry, buddy, I am. <laughs> How many ever do just a good closet garage clean out? You ever do that? How many need to do that? Raise your hand. All right. And isn't it amazing how you look at the mess that you have 
You, you look at it and you're like, oh, God, that's just so much. And then you just devote a couple hours to it and it's, you, you're done with it. And you're like, what have I been waiting on so long? Raise your hand if it's like that did not take that long. I want you to have that same mindset today. As, you, as we come to the end of this message this morning, and as the team, come on, I want the team to come join me on the stage today. As we come to the end of this, our time together, I want you to begin to think about what are the things that you would like to lay down? Look at me. Not need to lay down. What, do you, what would you like to lay down? Yeah. What are some stuff that you would just say, you know what? That's not even really me. I tell our boys that sometimes. They'll, sometimes they'll do something, and they'll, I'll say, that's not you. Come on, man. Make a snarky comment. Come back. And I, that's not even you. It doesn't even fit you. It doesn't even look good on you. Take that off, all right? Come on. How many would like to just lay some stuff down? How many know right now, without even having to think about the stuff that you're ready to lay down today? Raise your hand. That's you. Amen. Why don't you close your eyes today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, nobody looking around. I thank you for your word today and I thank you for your spirit your word is powerful it's a sharp and two edged sword that divides does divine surgery and then your Holy Spirit that breathes life and brings healing and nourishes us and sets us free I'm praying for freedom here today I'm praying for freedom here today. For so many folks that have been trying to live up to something that they were never called to live up to. Let's lay it down this morning. For some of you, it's going to be an easy thing. Thank God I get to lay that down. For others, it's going to take a little time. But it's been a lifestyle for you. What is that thing that you lean on? What is that thing that you, your crutch that you go to to help you get by, to help you function? It may not even be a sinful thing, but if it's something that you need in your life to function, then that's, that's not what God has for you. Encourage you to lay it down today. And don't just lay it down. I want to encourage you this week to find someone that you can confess your faults to one another. Find you a good believer that you can trust, that you can say, Man, this is this is what I've been struggling with. For some of you, it needs to be your spouse. You're looking for other people to open up to. You need to open up to the, the person God put in your life to help you do life with. find someone healing happens in that people may look at you and say you're the strong one you don't have to be strong now be weak today 
Lay it down. Thank you, Jesus. Won't you just tell him what it is right where you are? Just say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to lay it down. The me that you never meant me to be. The me that you never meant me to be. I'm laying it down. that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom not just a friend I'm talking about your Lord to give him control over your world and over your past and over your future I want to give you an opportunity to do that today here at the hills we we call them fresh starts because that's exactly what it is he gives you a fresh start brand new if that's you this morning and you want to make a fresh start with Jesus either for the first time or you're going to recommit your life to Him this morning. Would you just raise your hand up? Come on. As an act of faith, as an act of obedience, let's lift your hand up right there. Come on, anyone else today? Raise your hand up. I want to make a fresh start with Jesus Christ this morning. A new mindset. A new outlook. Thank you. Let's all stand this morning. Come on. thankful for the reckless love of Jesus that just comes after us where we are and won't stop just won't stop, just reckless, just coming after us, thank you Lord if you raise your right hand, let's pray this prayer together, just say it after me, say Lord Jesus today I say (laughs) that you are my Lord I accept your freedom today I lay myself down and everything that goes with it. And I accept you and your love and your your grace that you shed for me. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And let me live an overcoming, abundant and everlasting life with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, shout amen today. Come on, amen. Let's celebrate with these folks today that made a fresh start this morning.